Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will empty Morning, Andrew. Good morning, Edwin. I want to keep talking about Psalm 17 today. That's a good deal. We we talked about prayer in general. Today, I'd kind of like to get to maybe a specific prayer that we should be offering as Christians. Okay. And, and talk about that a little bit. Let's read Psalm 17. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Hear a just cause, O Lord. Attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer that is not from deceitful lips. Let my vindication come from your presence. Let your eyes look on the things that are upright. You have tested my heart. You have visited me in the night. You have tried me and found nothing. I have purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Concerning the work of men by the word of your lips, I have kept myself from the paths of the destroyer. Uphold my steps in your paths, that my footsteps may not slip. I have called upon you, for you will hear me, O God. Incline your ear to me and hear my speech. Show your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. O you who save those who trust in you from those who rise up against them, keep me as the apple of your eye, hide me under the shadow of your wings, from the wicked who oppress me, from my deadly enemies who surround me. They have closed up their fat hearts, with their mouths they speak proudly. They have now surrounded us in our steps. They have set their eyes crouching down to the earth like a lion that is eager to tear his prey and as a young lion lurking in secret places. Arise, O Lord, confront him, cast him down. Deliver my life from the wicked with your sword, with your hand from men, O Lord, from men of the world who have their portion in this life and whose belly you fill with your hidden treasure. They are satisfied with children and leave the rest of their substance for their babes. As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. So here we've read this psalm, and you've read it very well, this prayer of David. Why, thank you. And what you see here is a prayer for Christians to pray. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, absolutely. I think I see something that should... um, make its way into our prayer lives, something that we should consist, giving God no rest. Right. One of these persistent, <laughs> until, persistent pr- prayers. Until that we God about does this thing that, okay. that I see here. I will tell you, I don't often like to get into original language arguments and that sort of thing because I don't know Hebrew. But one of the things I discovered as I was just reading through and studying this is that there's there's a word. And here in the King James, let me flip back over to verse 7. In verse 7 where it just says, show your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. The English Standard Version, I believe, just says wondrously show. This word is David is not just saying, hey, I want you to love me. Uh-huh. It's, and show the love. Yeah, it's not just demonstrate the love. This this term is only used in a handful of places throughout the Old Testament. And one of the places where we find it used most intensely is back during the plagues on Egypt. Okay. Back during the plagues on Egypt. You'll remember that there's a couple of plagues that are just kind of general and go over all of the land. But there is a point at which God starts saying, all right, I'm going to do this to Egypt, but I'm not going to do it to Israel. So like in Exodus 8, verse 22, there's this plague about flies. Mm-hmm. It says, and in that day, I will set apart the land of Goshen. That's where the Israelites were in the land mm-hmm. of Goshen. In the Goshen, yes. Mm-hmm. And there's that in word. In the Goshen. In, in the land in of the Goshen. In the land of Goshen. <laughs> okay. Set them apart. 
in yeah, which yeah, my yeah. people dwell, no swarms of the flies will be there. So a distinction was made mm-hmm. where Israel was in the land of Goshen. God said he would separate that. And and that's our word. Okay. Word says set apart. Uh-huh. That's the word that David uses when he says show your love. It's not just in that one. It's actually three times during the plagues. Not only do you see it in 822, you also see it in 9-4. Since you're already at 822, yeah. can you, you find 9-4 nine, nine, four, So now we're talking about a plague of livestock disease. But it said, and the Lord will make a difference between the livestock in Israel and the livestock of Egypt. Make a difference. The difference. So separate, make a difference. Yeah, and then 11, 11. verse 7. Okay. So this is the third yeah. time in 11 and verse 7. 11 verse 7. Now we're actually talking about... The plague of the firstborn, the death of the firstborn, so Passover. Verse 7 says, but against none of the children of Israel, excuse me, Exodus 11, verse 7. Yes. But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue against man or beast that you may know that the Lord does make a difference. Make a difference. That's our word. Between the Egyptians and Israel. That's our word. There's one other really cool place where in, in this kind of same context, okay. and that's with Moses. After they have been delivered from Egypt and they've crossed over, and now you know we're dealing with some of Israel's sins and problems, and God is threatening not to go with them, Moses prays to God, and in Exodus chapter 33 and verse 16, we actually find our word, Again, since since yeah. you're there in Exodus, can you can you find how that? then yeah. how then uh, will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, yep. your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Yeah, what Moses is saying separate, is the difference. The, yeah, the, the the separate there. That's the word. That's, that's the word. word. In this right, context, right. he's saying there's no one who's going to know that I have your favor, that our nation has your favor unless you go with us. Right. If you just send us in without you, nobody will know that we are distinct. So so we've got in those three passages during the plagues that God is offering a distinct love mm-hmm. for Israel, making a distinction between Israel and Egypt. He is showing Egypt, I have love for my chosen people. Then when his chosen people start rebelling and start having problems, he starts saying, look, I, I'm not going to go with you guys. We're, you know, I, I'm going to come up with this other plan. Moses, and we don't have time in this short conversation to talk about what's kind of going, what I believe is going on here, what God is really trying to get Moses to. And I know there's disagreement about that. But the thing I just want to see is that Moses is saying, we're your chosen people. You promised to set us apart. You promised to demonstrate this. Nobody's going to know any of that if you don't go with us. Give us this distinct love. Set us apart. So with that word study and that background, when you come then to back to Psalm 17, mm-hmm. what David is praying for here is to experience this distinct love, this love for God's people. I guess what a, co- a covenant love. Well, it is a covenant love, and in fact, the word for love there is that Chesed word that so many people talk about. It is the steadfast love that is in the name of the Lord in Exodus mm-hmm. chapter thirty-four. Mm-hmm. It is His covenant, consistent love, and uh, what what He's saying is, please do for me what you do for your people. 
Okay. Th- this is, you demonstrated yourself when you brought Israel out of Egypt to be this kind of God, okay. to be the kind of God that lifts up his chosen people, to be the kind of God that makes a distinction between his chosen people and those of the world. All the other people. He said, I, what, what you did for Israel, mm-hmm. what you did for Moses, I am asking you to do that again. Demonstrate to the world. Mm-hmm. That I am a part of your covenant people, your your steadfast love. So there, there's really what we have here is kind of like two levels of love. You know, certainly God loves everyone. Right. God, His general He's the grace. Of he all. is the creator. General His grace. general grace goes to everyone. The yeah. sun rises, the rain falls on the just and the unjust, general on the good benevolence. and the evil. Yeah. He has offered his son Jesus so that all men and women can be saved no matter what. Right. But what we do see is that God has a distinct love for those who accept his love, for those who turn to him. In fact, here's another really fascinating thing going on in Psalm 17. Yeah. Psalm 17 has some great connections back to Psalm 16. A couple of them uh, really play into what we're talking about right here, and that is this idea of the right hand. Do you remember back in Psalm 16 that we actually saw that right hand thing going yeah. both ways? David said, because you are at my right hand, I will not be shaken. And then at your right the hand are pleasures joy. forevermore right. and joy. So in Psalm 16, we had this thing set up for the, the one who is at God's right hand. Mm-hmm. And here in Psalm 17, we find the one who is taking refuge at God's right hand. This again in verse 7, wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. So for those who seek refuge in God, for those who turn to God, and, and you know what? Honestly, what that is, is for those who recognize that Yahweh is a distinct God, who set Yahweh apart, who claim that there is no refuge in Baal, there is no refuge in Ashtoreth, there is no refuge in money and sex and fame and popularity. The, the, the refuge is God. For those who set God apart as distinct, Mm-hmm. He's saying he sets us apart as distinct. Well, I certainly can see that in the New Testament. The teaching that we are a distinct people and distinctly God's people, he makes the difference. Some of the strongest language about distinction, I think, would be light and darkness, sure. right? When, when he transferred Jesus, us from the kingdom of darkness into his kingdom of light, yeah. Colossians. And yeah, the kingdom of his marvelous son, the son of his love. Uh, Jesus taught that in John chapter 3 and verse 19. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Jesus is the light. His people are the people of light. We're supposed to walk in the light. That does distinguish us from the world. So back to where I started with what what I really want to apply in my life on this. This is a prayer that Moses offered. This is a prayer that David offers. I think this is a prayer that we should be offering, that God would make a distinction, that God would show a distinct love to his people even today, and that in doing so, he would demonstrate to the world that it really does matter who your God is. Do you think part of the distinct love uh, it is Christ himself. I mean, the, this gospel and the sacrifice of Jesus. Mm, 
Well, I, th- I think it's going to depend on what angle we come at that. Because, of course, God offered Jesus for the whole world. Yeah, God John demonstrates his love to the entire world by offering Jesus. I think the question is, am I going to take refuge in Jesus? And so what we see is that in Jesus, mm-hmm. a distinct love is offered. Mm-hmm. There, there's the love that is Jesus himself offered to all people. But there is the love that is given to those who actually are in Jesus and that's where the salvation is. Right, right. And so in Jesus is the distinct love, the, mm-hmm. the second level kind of love, if we want to use that kind of term. But I think there's also just the idea that here David is talking about deliverance. Right. He's talking about the enemies that are opposed to him. I think that, you know, in any kind of given situation with Israel, one of the things they were thinking of was, you know, look, let our land prosper more than you let anybody else. You know, I think that's an Israelite prayer back okay. in that under that old covenant during the time of the law. Uh, I think I think there's something to be said for the fact that we can pray, Lord, let your people shine as distinct, bestow your love and your blessing on us in a way that the world looks at it and says, "What's going on over there?" Boy, I want that. That sounds really great to have that kind of love and that kind of blessing. I want that. It is interesting to see in the New Testament some of those people that were so blessed by being distinct. And uh, and and so obviously distinct was actually because of the persecution and the hardship that they <laughs> no, suffered. That's true. Yeah. That they stood out in this world. I, I think about Peter that makes you know in First Peter chapter two we are a distinct people, his own special people. That's what he's made us for that. In a context in a book that's all about. So you're going to suffer as a Christian. Right. And so when you're suffering, you know, let them be put to shame because of your good works and trust the Lord and all that, that uh, there are times when that distinction is so obvious in ways that probably aren't pleasant because this dark world hates the light. Well, what that tells us is that we don't wait around for God to give those particular blessings before we behave like distinct people. Mm-hmm. We behave mm-hmm. in a way that says we don't live like the world. We, yeah. we love yeah. like God. And really, how did the church take off? The church took off because in the midst of all that persecution, folks were being distinct people. Absolutely, they were. And, and, and folks wondered, wh- why would you behave like this yeah. in, in, during this time? I want to know what it is that you have. Yeah. And so all of this really comes together. It's, it's a, it's, we want God to set us apart mm-hmm. because we are setting him apart. Mm-hmm. And because we have set him apart in our lives, we behave in a set apart fashion. Yeah. And it all and it all works together in kind of a wonderful cycle. That doesn't mean that every day I'm going to be receiving rainbows and buttercups. No. But no, what it but... means is, and, and it goes back to how long am I going to pray this? I'm going to pray this until God decides to actually do it. That's what we see in the psalm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, it's great stuff. It's great stuff. Uh, what are you praying about? What's on your prayer list? Send us an email. Let us know. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Uh, we'd be happy to pray for you, pray with you. Send us an email. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. And we want you to lead us in prayer. Lord God, wondrously show us your steadfast love. Set us apart. Make your people distinct. Demonstrate to the world that it really does matter who our God is. Show them that they want to come under the refuge of of your sheltering wings, that that is where love, that is where providence, that is where blessing, that that is where we all want to be. Lord, we take our refuge at your right hand. And so we pray for deliverance and salvation, and we are so thankful that you are with us every step of the way. We love you, Lord God. Thank you for loving us first in Jesus Christ. And it's through him that we pray. Amen. Amen.
Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Well.